Welcome to the Heaven's Edge Podcast, where we cover everything from the Christian life to entertainment, sports, and current events. Although we're heaven-bound, we'll be sure not to shy away from the edge, engaging in challenging topics. As ministry students living within the current culture, we aim to offer a unique perspective on the world, viewing it with a gospel vision. Now, introducing your hosts, Gavin Eberlin and Josh Garnett. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's our pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the Heaven's Edge podcast. You're joined by your hosts, Josh Gurnitz, as well as myself, Gavin Eberlin, as we dive into a conversation about how to engage with culture in the modern day. We hope you stick around and enjoy. Good morning, Josh. What's going on, man? Not much. Beautiful morning this morning. As compared to the past, this week has been 30-some degrees almost every day. It hit 40 once or twice, but it feels like 60 compared to what it's been. It's the sun. I mean, I, I will be outside in 30-degree weather if it's sun all day. Yeah, I agree. So last week we talked about entertainment and I know we mentioned WandaVision and Marvel and a bunch of different movies to begin our talk and our conversation. And I want to kind of jump right back into that, but ask you, because I know you grew up in, in Christian circles. So I want to ask you, what are some things that Christians often would kind of safeguard for their kids or say, ah, I'd rather you not watch that? Kind of like like Harry Potter. I know that's a big one. You know, there's a lot of families that are like, I don't know if I want my kid watching that as a Christian. Like, is there <laughs> anything in particular that you think of when we when we come to that? Yeah, Harry Potter's one. I never watched Harry Potter. I don't think, not because I wasn't allowed to, but because... We just didn't have it. I think another one is Pokemon. Mm. I think a lot of people are freaked out by Pokemon, although I'm not really sure. I know there's lots of strong Christian men who played Pokemon when they were a kid. I don't know. That's a good question. So for me, I was allowed to watch VeggieTales and old Godzilla movies with my dad. And believe mm. it or not, it's quite the mix. But I don't, I don't think my parents were terrible about what I couldn't watch. It was more like we just didn't have all of those movies because it wasn't you didn't just stream whatever you wanted. In the early 2000s, hmm. you had to actually go out and buy them and we just didn't. But I know that there are definitely some weird ones. Harry Potter is a weird one because I feel like I feel like Narnia is pretty much the same as Harry Potter, right? It's all mm-hmm. about magic and all this stuff. And I know it's biblical, biblically based. It's a biblical metaphor, Narnia. But I don't know. Harry Potter is pretty harmless, I think. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I mean, I'm not going to start. I, I I don't know. I don't know the presupposition with that. He's but witchcraft. I, mm-hmm. Well, right. I I hundred percent get that, but like, you know, so is to, like Cinderella, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. If you were to jump ahead, I don't know how many years, but to say to when you have kids, is there anything in particular you would do that you or you wouldn't allow them to watch or or be involved in? Let's just say for uh, the good majority of their years. I think it really depends on the kid. So this is an interesting story. Um, I had one of the youth pastors at my church. He's been gone. He's been in another church for years. Um, But I was at his house and he had uh, a little girl who was probably four, five, six years old, somewhere around there. And he told me, he said, they've been watching Strawberry Shortcake, right? Mm -hmm. And in Strawberry Shortcake, Every single thing that happens, the girl is like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Every time. And he was like, and we noticed that our daughter started doing that. And so he was like, we know that strawberry shortcake is absolutely harmless. There's nothing. There's no non-Christian reason why you shouldn't watch that. We just didn't want our kid watching it because it was making her into a drama queen. 
And so I feel like there's definitely more to the decision than just what's right or wrong, because even in things that are good, um, I don't know. I feel like you want to know what your kid can handle and what and what they can't. And if if strawberry shortcake makes him into a bad person, then I'll be willing to sacrifice strawberry shortcake. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those stories before. You know, the like the, the simple liturgies, if it's a TV show, you know, continually returning to the same show and, and just beginning to act. You know, I guess that's natural to a certain extent, but it's like, okay, everything forms you, right? You know, so mm-hmm. what do you want forming, especially your kids? It's such a you know, malleable and very young age. You know, what do you want to form them? You know, what are you going to place in their lives to do that? And quite, quite frankly, it's going to be a real blessing when you can introduce Star Wars to your, to your kids. But <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so here, get this. I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars until I was nine years old. No way. And my brother watched it the same time I watched it the first time. And he was, I think he was four. Uh, that's a rip. Right I'm telling there. you, the first kid is, I'm the oldest. The first kid gets gets the shorthand of the stick. Pretty sure uh, Star Wars had to been introduced to me in the womb. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, it's it, funny. it had to be. Uh, that's, my, that's my call. I'm calling yeah. it now. Now, see, I was a Star Wars fan. I had tons of Star Wars toys and oh, yeah. everything. And I, I knew exactly what happened, but I just mm-hmm. never had seen the movies. Well, that's crazy to me. I, I, that's, inc- that's insane. Wow. How about that? You know, so to engage in culture, I think it's a really interesting question. What's the proper relationship between Christians and culture? And I think it's a really odd line today, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't, I really, I, I see it all the time. Like people, you know, really don't know how to engage. And if you don't know how to engage, you know, your your natural reaction is to just, you know, tower back in, in fear or, or just ignore it or just pretend like culture's not going on and evolving around you, especially with today. And there's just a lot happening, you know, in the world. There's just a lot going on so it's hard to react i think you know yeah i agree i think there's two ways that christians look at it and one is to not really care Mm -hmm. and just think oh we can do whatever we want we can listen to whatever we want we can watch whatever we want um because it doesn't affect us because we're in christ which Mm -hmm. is not smart and it's not biblical either Mm -hmm. um and then the second way is like the amish way just kind of reject it all and you know shelter yourself from the world which is also not what we're called to do either Mm, right and so how would you recommend going about engaging in this culture you know going about just thinking through these difficult questions and topics well there's this 3d approach given by walt mueller and i think it's really cool and it's really it's a good guide on how our thought processes should happen and so it's 3d because each word starts with d and the three are discover discern and decide and i think if we look at each one they're pretty you know you can tell what they're trying to say just by the names but discover so one is we have to understand what is in the world the scriptures say to be as wise as serpents but as harmless as doves so yes we're not supposed to necessarily partake in the sin but we have to be aware of what's happening i think there are a lot of christians especially in america who are just kind of shielded off from the things that happen in this world and I'm not sure that's healthy. And so the second one is to discern, mm-hmm. which is where we really need to make sure that we are staying close with the scripture. And we are looking at what makes these things good? What makes these things bad? Are there places that I can go? Or are there things I can do with this? Or should I not? Basically, is it moral or is it not? Is it something that will lead me into sin or is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then third is to side. And this is where you take in 
your discernment and you decide, should I participate in this? Mm -hmm. Should I go into, you know, this area of culture and should I be willing to embrace it? Um, So I think a good way, a good thing, a practical way to look at this is for me, rated R movies, right? I know that there are rated R movies. I've seen a couple of rated R movies. Actually, I've seen a bunch of rated R movies. And that's something where it's like, for some Christians, like, am I, should I really be watching this? Um, so I'll take one movie, for example, Predator. So Predator is a movie from the 80s. If you haven't seen it, maybe you should watch it. Maybe you shouldn't, depending on how you go through this. But like, it's basically a movie from the 80s. It's rated R. It's got a lot of language and blood and gore. And to me, when I discern this, hearing the language doesn't make me want to say it. I went to high school and public school. I heard lots of language. It doesn't really lead me into sin. Um, and seeing the gore of the movie doesn't do that either. And so for me, that's a great one. That's something I would be willing to go into. Now, maybe another type of movie where there's different sins being portrayed, different things that I don't want in my head because I know that it will mess with me or it will lead me into not a good place. Um, I need to discern that. And then I would decide not to. I think that's the heart of it. You know, how do we engage in the culture? You know, how do we look, let's say, at Predator? How do we realize that we're living in a broken world and that in every singular thing, you know, like, let's start with us, right? We're created in the image of God, right? And in the image of God, we create. So we create movies, we create music, we create art, you know, cultural artifacts. We make things. I mean, that's what we do. We're made in the image of a creator. So in every created thing, I do believe there's an opportunity for redemption and for beauty, the beauty of God to be displayed. You know, whether that occurs or not, I think that is the process of which we work through. You know, we want to discover Predator. We want to watch it, you know, what's in it, what's going on in it. And then we want to take that to the next level. Okay, you know, what is this? What is this for? You know, is this teaching me? Is this giving me entertainment? Is this edifying me? Is there anything in here that would cause me to stumble? Is there any, you know, would it build me? Would it break me? You know, kind of just sifting these things out. And okay, well, you decide, hey. You know, there's not really any inherent beautiful truth in this that I want to shine and put on a poster board, but there's nothing that is uh, evil or that I, I wouldn't want to want to see. Then I say, hey, well, then go for it. Like if, if that's your decision with it, then yeah. You know, I think that's a proper way to evaluate. You know, a strawberry shortcake, you know, you watch it, you discover it, you, you discern it. Maybe there are some good, you know, truths in it. You know, say, okay, there's some good nuggets uh for caring for people or friendship or, or things like that but yeah. in the end you decide hey yeah i don't like the way that it forms not even me but my child or the one who's viewing it you say okay well i decide not to engage in that you know just simple things you're taking yeah. scripture and applying it to these i know it might seem like it's you're like well uh, uh, what like you're thinking about another level you know like you're like oh i've never thought about you know, if I'm going to watch the next episode of of WandaVision, I've never thought about if I, you know, the next time I throw on one of these great movies, like, should I be watching this? So I guess that's a challenge to just be intentional with what you, you feed yourself. Because I think oftentimes what you feed yourself will affect how you act and the way you treat others as well. You know, it becomes, it's subconscious, but it forms you. Yeah. I like what you said with the image of God part. Because there is beauty in the things that humans create Mm -hmm. because there's beauty in the things that God creates. And though what we create oftentimes is broken Mm -hmm. and fallen because we're broken and fallen, there is still beauty in it. 
And so I think that there is still worth in some of these things. We just have to be willing to decide, is this going to impact me negatively or not? Right. And I think that all kind of stems back, and this will be a further conversation that we have down the road, but beauty. I think there's beauty in everything. Now, I think that is a fact. I do not believe that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I really do not. I believe that God is the source of objective beauty and that everything created merely reflects in some way or another his beauty. You know, and it's the ability to see that even if this beauty is distorted and perverted and changed and made ugly, it can only be made ugly if it was first beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I really do that. I do believe that his beauty is reflected in all things. And it's our job to be willing to, to op- open ourselves, to grow in that, to learn in that, Say, okay, how can I sit in this and broaden my lens to be able to really see the beauty that God has put in things? Yeah, so there are only two things, two creatures that actually create. And one is God and one is man. Everything else is created and can only change things or distort things that are already created. Satan can't create anything. That's why all sin is something that was beautiful and has been distorted. Um, And so our goal with this looking at culture is to see how can we engage with something that was once beautiful and perfect is now fallen, but still has parts of that beauty. How can we engage in that in a way that furthers the kingdom of God Mm. in our lives and in the culture itself? Wow. I mean, that's so good, Josh. We're going to take a quick break. Josh, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of weeks now, and I think we've really been able to enjoy it and learn so much from it, you know, but when we were headed into it, did you have any main worries about how we were going to get things done? Yeah, I was worried about the Mm. technology and the ability to make it all sound good. I felt like it wouldn't be, it would, it would be easier to do the actual podcasting, Mm. but I think the hardest part in my mind was going to be making it presentable. Right. Dude, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the biggest things is that decision of, okay, you know, who's going to host the podcast? You know, so oftentimes, so the only way to get your podcast on Spotify, for example, would be to have a place where it's stored and then distributed. You know, so like a warehouse, it has to be made somewhere and then distributed to Spotify or Apple Music. And that's what hosts do, podcast hosts. You know, so our host is Buzzsprout. You know, and them, they, they've been clutch. Now, I'll be quite frank with you. If you imagine any difficulty with technology, with distri- distribution, with, you know, they even have a thing called magic mastering, with I have not been able to do yet, but it kind of it levels out your audio and really cleans it up for you. So it's really just this amazing program. You know, they give you a free website and they, they equip you for your call to excellence, you know, in a podcast. They make things so simple, so easy. I mean, even their free plans are amazing, you know, but they have so many opportunities and we highly encourage you, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out. We would love to answer anything you have and help you on your own podcast journey. You know, if you've ever thought about, hey, I want to kind of start this thing. I want to do a new thing this year. Well, then I would challenge you, go ahead and start that, you know, because if you follow the link in our description, you're going to get a $20 Amazon gift card. I mean, completely free as soon as you sign up with a paid subscription to Buzzsprout. And I'm, I'm serious. I think they are the best podcast host. This is not biased. I mean, they really just are so helpful and they care about you. 
you know, they'll be willing to talk with you one-on-one and help you just personalize what you're doing, you know, the mission and, and the vision that you have behind your podcast, whatever that is. We just want to encourage you to go for it. You know, I, I came into this podcasting thing. I literally had no idea. Like I had nothing, no chips on the table. You know, I really had no perspective. I had no, no friends with history anywhere. You know, I did a lot of research for a long time. And quite frankly, I landed on Buzzsprout because they were the ones that were easy to work with. They were it, like, they do the heavy lifting. You know, of course, I edit audio and, and different programs. And that, that's about it. That's what I have to do. I have to record, but then I give it to them. And they are just, they do all the heavy lifting for me by distributing and uploading, creating a website, enabling you to do whatever you want to do. So I highly encourage you. If you're thinking about starting a podcast to go look at Buzzsprout and just look at the opportunities that they present you. So Richard Niebuhr, he has five responses to culture and five ways for us to interact as Christians with the reality of culture around us. Because we know there is beauty, but we know there's brokenness as well. So let me just outline them for you real quick. And then we can talk about a couple of them and and see what we're really pulled to. If you want to imagine you know, just a seesaw, right? Or an arrow or just a, a line, okay? In the very far left, and if you're to, to sit on this end, you're gonna really weigh it down. I think it's a very bold view, but it's called Christ of culture. So this simply means that you know, Jesus is the great teacher and the role model, you know, but he wants you to be nice because he's of the culture. Not just in it, he's of it. Okay, so that's a very bold view. And it's very, very involved to the point that it's kind of dangerous, or it is dangerous. So the next view, a little bit to the right, that's a little further away from that, would be Christ above culture. And then in the middle, Christ the transformer of culture. So that's more conversionists, you know, and people who want to transform culture to be redemptive. So that's right in the middle. It's kind of the balance. And then if you move a little bit to the right, you have Christ and culture in paradox. And if you go, if you could go all the way, I mean, I would near say that this is Amish or fundamentalism, you know, Christ against extreme, extreme fundamentalism. fundamentalism, you could call it Christ against culture. So this is that a view that, oh, well, Jesus, you know, he, he's just completely against it. He wants to go away and hide in the mountainside all day all week. And that's what we should do. <laughs> so those are the five views. Now, Josh, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you when reading these and looking at them? So I think where a lot of Christians, especially old fashioned Christians, I should say Christians of the past, have engaged in more of a fundamentalist view, um, kind of hiding from it. And I want to know what your opinion is on that, Gavin. Why can that be harmful? Mm, I think the harm is is it becomes so fundamentalist that you no longer engage in culture. You no longer engage in the reality of the current age. The danger is that you lose your mission. You lose your purpose. You lose the Mm. the great commission. You lose the greatest commandments. Because how are you going to love people? How are you going to go and reach them if you're not with them? (laughs) You know, you're going to just abandon them and say, hey, leave them to their own wiles and excuses and and desires while I go live in a quiet cave where nothing happens. The reality is that we do live in a broken world. We need to learn not how to run from it, but how to engage in it, how to be present, you know? 
it's really dangerous to start running. Yeah, I agree. One thing that pops in my head when I think about that is I known a couple people who were homeschooled and very Christianly sheltered in a, a way that's not just protected. Like they weren't just protected from sin or, or, or formed well. They were kind of protected from the world's culture in general. And then they either went to a public high school or they went to a college. And as soon as they got a taste of that freedom, they just shot to the other end. And I think that's part of the danger, too. I mean, we were talking about kids earlier. And obviously, me and you, Gavin, as 20-year-olds, we are the experts on child <laughs> raising. But I think that's something I've seen is people get raised in this fundamentalist culture. And as soon as they see the other side, there's no engaging with it in a healthy way because you were never taught how to. You were just taught mm -hmm. it's bad. So they just go all the way in and all of a sudden they're totally mm -hmm. gone. And so I think that's another part of the danger of it, especially with young people. And I think that's why we have to make sure that we're being taught and we're understanding how to actually engage with it. I would argue that it's hard. It's hard to see Christ in these five views beside Christ, the transformer of culture. Personally, that, that's my personal opinion. Obviously, you can have whatever you would like, but based on scripture, you know, if you look at Christ against culture, I don't see that he's against it. I mean, he went and he sat with the sinners, with the tax collectors, with the poor, with the women, with the needy. He sat with them. He ate with them. He, he built relationships with them. And in doing that, he becomes the transformer of culture. You look at the book of Luke and that's about cultural transformation. You know, if you look at your own life, like if, if you're a Christian, Jesus is the God who redeems. He's the one who wants to walk into every and any scenario, take it, meet you where you are, and transform you into the beautiful creation he's called you to be because he enables that. His presence enables transformation. That is the literal, that is Jesus. You know, so if we are to be Christ to people, if we are to be Christ to the culture, then he enables us to walk into any scenario and be the transformer of it, to be the ones to engage in. Not hide, but walk into something and say, hey, I, I, I pray, God, that you would come into my, to my being so that I could be the light in this scenario. I know it might look dark and I might not want, this, like, this might not be my home. This isn't really where I want to be all the time. But yet, God, I pray that if you shine your light through me, that I'd be able to bring in a Ability. Just let people see another opportunity. Just let people see. And maybe just being present as Christ was present can spark conversation. You can spark transformation. And it's really powerful, you know, what happens when he gets involved. Yeah, I think it perfectly sums up the verse to be in the world and not of the world. I think that there is a command to be inside the culture. We are not shunning ourselves from it. But we're also not of it. It's not our home. It's not our, it's not our land. It's not where we belong. Um, and so we're not just in it to be in it. We're not just in it so that we feel cool or we're not persecuted or people don't think we're weirdos. We're in it for a reason. And I think that's the other way is we're not just Christians who live in the culture. We're Christians who live in the culture on purpose, mm -hmm. for a purpose, for a reason. And that reason is to carry out the mission that, that is our lives. And even the other verse in Philippians, you know, that's mentioned where, where Paul would say, hey, like I become all things for all people. 
for the sake of Christ. Like I'm going to contextualize. I'm going to understand where you're at. I'm going to walk into the culture with the goal of allowing Christ and inviting Christ to come and transform this scenario because I know that is the power that is within him, you know? So Gavin, I think of the verse Romans 16, 17, which reads, do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and therefore share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. I think this is really the battle, the biggest battle of a conversionist, Christian Christ, transformer of culture, which is yes, we're in the world for a reason, for a purpose, but we cannot let ourselves get sucked mm-hmm. in because that's what it wants mm-hmm. to do. That's what it, what's what it's trying to do. Um, we have to make ourselves vulnerable to the culture in order to reach it at times, but we cannot let ourselves get sucked in. I think that's why community, church, um, accountability is such an important and commanded thing mm. is because if we're actively engaging in people the way that we're commanded to, we're going to need others mm. around us to make sure that we're staying on the straight and narrow. Right. I mean, Duffy Robbins, he uses the words infiltration. You know, it might sound a little aggressive, but to infiltrate and also care in every scenario. You know, he talks about insulation or God is the, the power source and we are the source of light that he provides that power to, you know, to, to, to take upon those, those burdens and to care for people at a legitimate level, no matter where they are, and still believe that Christ is working in it is a powerful reality that we live in as Christians. We would like to challenge you as listeners to think through the way that you're going to engage in the culture, the way that you engage in the world, the way that you engage with people. You know, how do you interact with them? How do you love them? How do you care for them? And I, I, it's so easy for me, you know, to sometimes forget where I came from and my shortcomings and the reality of that. You know, to be hypocritical. How can we not look down on people for making mistakes that we've made? How can we realize that we're all broken? We've all sinned. But yet God, Jesus, can redeem us. And I think it's the reality that we need to remember every single day or it gets real dangerous if you don't. And so in all this talk about engaging in culture and and entertainment, next week, join us for a conversation where we talk about The Chosen. So The the Chosen is the largest crowdfunded project ever. It's currently rated 9.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the first multi-seasonal show of Christ ever made. If you download the Chosen app, you can watch every episode for free. And But we're going to dive into a conversation about, hey, is this edifying? Is this biblical? Is it heretical? How powerful is it? You know, where's the relevance lie? But we really want to dive into an example of exegesis and of cultural transformation. You know, how do we approach this? How do we engage in this? But also, we want to challenge you to go and watch it and decide for yourself. So join us next week as we dive into that. And we hope you have an amazing week in the meantime. Hey, thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast. We appreciate you for coming by. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss out on next week's conversation. Also, if you feel led, we encourage you to take a moment and share this on social media, along with even a star rating and review on wherever you may consume your podcast. If you'd like to offer your support while learning exclusive benefits and getting some sick merch, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash heaven's edge. Your support enables us to go above and beyond our capabilities, maximizing the impact that we're going to have together while improving your experience. Until next week, peace and love.